Welcome to another episode of the Cannabis Review. Thanks everybody for watching the episode so far. All your comments and shares have been much appreciated. We've got a great guest with you on the show today. It's Shelby Hartman. She's the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Double Blind. How are you doing, Shelby? You well? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, we might as well kick straight into things. Can you give everybody a little overview of exactly how you got into the industry and what it is you're working on at the moment? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've spent my entire career as a journalist. I've done many different things from producing radio at CBS News to working at the Legacy newspaper in New Orleans. And alongside that was always sort of on a personal journey with psychedelics and plant medicines. So in uh, 2019, I launched a print magazine and media company, which you already mentioned is called Double Blind. We cover all things uh, related to the psychedelic movement. Excellent. And am I right in saying you had been a journalist in the hemp and cannabis space previously? Is that right? Yeah, I was a cannabis columnist at LA Weekly. I also covered cannabis for Vice and Rolling Stone and a number of other major media outlets. Okay. And it brings me to the first topic of conversation, the current landscape of cannabis media. Do you see it becoming more open now for the mainstream brands like the Rolling Stone, the CNN to start talking about it a lot more frequently? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's a lot happening in the realm of cannabis media, which is actually why Double Blind decided to focus just on psychedelics. Um, I think that, you know, in, in terms of mainstream media, we're seeing that the Associated Press now has a dedicated group of reporters covering cannabis policy. We have a number of robust newsletters like Weed Week and Marijuana Moment that are covering cannabis policy, specifically in the United States, but also around the world. And in terms of more mainstream users of cannabis, we have Herb. I think that they're probably the largest sort of mainstream cannabis media site, sort of the equivalent of a BuzzFeed or Vice of cannabis. And of course, there's Leafly, which I would say is more of a, it, it is targeted towards a mainstream cannabis user, but covers business and policy. And, uh, and High Times, High Times was really sort of a pioneer in terms of cannabis and psychedelic reporting uh, decades ago, and is still one of the major publications in the space. Yeah, we see we've noticed a lot of newsletters popping up in the cannabis space now, which is a good thing when you've got some good accountability journalism going on in the background. I'm going to move on to the second type of conversation, which is pretty much your speciality now. Is Can you tell us a little bit about the healing potential of psychedelics and why you guys are so passionate about it? Yeah, absolutely. So we're in sort of an interesting time for the psychedelic movement. Much like in cannabis, there is a wide gap between the anecdotal reports that we have from people saying psychedelics have transformed their life and provided them with an extraordinary amount of healing and the research actually investigating the potential of psychedelics in a really rigorous sort of double-blind randomized clinical trial setting. In terms of the science, the most robust research is showing that MDMA, sometimes referred to as ecstasy, holds promise for post-traumatic stress disorder. MDMA has been put on the FDA's fast track to being approved as a prescription medication in the next five years for post-traumatic stress disorder. We've also seen a lot of research around the world looking at psilocybin for major depressive disorder and treatment resistant depression psilocybin is the psychoactive ingredient in psychedelic mushrooms okay excellent and it seems to be we were talking with one of the other guests that the the psychedelics industry is going to do in two years what it took the cannabis industry to do 10 years 
Uh, I don't think there's too much stigma attached to it. And it, it seems to be a lot of investment pouring in on both sides of the pond. Is it an exciting space for you guys to be in at the moment? Or are, are you loving what you're doing? Of course, of course. For Madison, my co-founder and I, psychedelics aren't just about psychedelics. They are about something so much larger, which is essentially the a, a paradigm shift or a move towards waking up, right? Towards enlightenment, this great journey that humanity has been on, we could argue for, for millennia. Um, and psychedelics touch on so many incredibly important facets of our life from um, of course, our mental and physical health, but also to our spiritual lives, our inner worlds, to indigenous rights, to social and environmental justice, to healthcare disparities within um, the healthcare system in the United States, Canada, and Europe. So psychedelics really are an opportunity for us to explore so many of the most prescient issues that we're facing in our society now. Yeah, I always like to take a psilocybin as like a workout for your brain. A lot of people spend so much time working out their body that very few people take the time to actually f flex your brain and go places that you don't normally go on a regular daily basis. Yeah, I love that. I We absolutely agree. We feel like, you know, firstly, um, we feel like the mental health and physical health dichotomy is sort of a false one. I mean, it's incredible that in the Western medical community, we're only just now thinking more holistically about the relationship between the mind and the body and the spirit. Um, and I think that psychedelics are a really interesting and important opportunity for, to, for us to explore that even more deeply. Yeah, that brings me on to now my third topic is being a psychedelic journalist, you've surely been on some fairly fun adventures and some off the beaten track places. What's been your favorite adventure that you've had so far? My favorite adventure. Well, in in uh, February, I went to the Temple of the Way of Light, um, which is in Ayahuasca Retreat Center outside of Iquitos, Peru. And that was a really beautiful experience. And actually one of the women who was in my retreat is from uh, Dublin. So uh, I had an opportunity to make my first very dear Irish friend when I was in the Amazon there. But, um, but yeah, that was an incredible opportunity because I'd been drinking ayahuasca in the United States with underground facilitators for about five years and drinking in the Amazon with indigenous maestras, Shipibo elders was just um, so much deeper and so much more uh, beautiful and dimensional than anything I had experienced uh, in the United States. Okay, very interesting. Could you maybe briefly explain the difference between DMT and ayahuasca? Yeah, so DMT is just one component in the ayahuasca brew. Um, ayahuasca has been consumed, it's, it's, it's a tea or a, a liquid that's sort of brown and the consistency of molasses and has been consumed for thousands of years by indigenous communities in the Amazon. And it's typically made from the chacruna plant, um, which contains DMT and um, the ayahuasca vine, those two ingredients. And they're brewed together into a tea that will cause you to trip for around four to eight hours. Um, DMT, on the other hand, um, is, you know, it's typically smoked and 
decades ago, sort of in the 60s and the 70s, we used to refer to it as the businessman's trip because it only lasts about <laughs> it only lasts about 15 minutes. And as far as I know, um, DMT, at least in the form that we typically sort of vaporize it in sort of Western urban communities, um, does not have a longstanding indigenous use, although we do see many compounds that are similar that do. Okay, interesting. And have you had a, tried a variety of different psilocybin mushrooms around the world? Have you got a favorite type? Like we've got a, the, the, the mushrooms that grow in Ireland actually have a perfect landscape, especially around September, October. Uh, they're they're uh, up there, I think, with the Mexican ones so far is what I've tried so far. Have you got a favorite country that's been able to grow the best mushrooms? That's an interesting question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, you know, it's funny because before I got into the psychedelic space, I didn't even know that there were different kinds of psilocybin mushrooms. And I think that a lot of people don't. A lot of people just buy mushrooms from like a guy who knows the guy and, you know, they take them and they're like, they're mushrooms, you know? Um, so it's only been within the last year or so that I've sort of begun to try different kinds of mushrooms. And I've been, you know, sort of taking note of their empirical differences. Um, for me, golden teachers are always a very happy and light experience. I've had a really positive experience on golden teachers. Penis envy and B plus tend to be stronger um, and darker and more internal, but I don't like to make blanket statements like that because at the end of the day, every single mushroom trip is different. Uh, for every single person, every single time. And there's more than 180 different strains of psilocybin mushrooms. And there's been no real rigorous research investigating the difference between them. So really all we have to go off of are sort of people's stories and the vaults of Arrowhead. Yeah, no, I totally agree. In terms of mushrooms, the experience you have is so reflective of so many different elements of the experience you're having from the surroundings, the people who are with you, the music you're listening to. There's a number of different things that make it different every single time. Um, it's been an absolute, very interesting chat talking to you so far. I'd love to be able to touch base with you in, in about six months' time and see how far on the regulations for psilocybin have come in Europe. And hopefully we're one step closer to a, a full global industry. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Bye-bye.